For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Hey, New Life family, it's great to be with you again today. We are continue, continuing on with Matthew chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount. And I have the task today to talk about relationships and commitment. It's the passage about divorce and remarriage. Wow, what a topic to take on. As I thought about how I would approach this, uh, looking ahead, when we get to Matthew chapter 19, there's a little deeper dive that Jesus does with divorce and remarriage. And I, I, I think it's there that we'll do a, a little bit of a greater understanding of what is being taught here in Scripture. So for today, what I want to do is I want to read it, and then I want to make a couple of observations, and then I want to finish off with talking about what makes a good marriage. And, and in this, I want to say that I believe that what I present at the end can apply to anybody's relationship in any situation. So friendship, um, children, uh, co-workers. So uh, don't just tune me out. I think, I, I think there's some things for us to learn here. So let's get on with it and let's read the scriptures uh, this morning. Starting in verse 31. You have heard the law say, a man can divorce his wife by merely giving her a written notice of divorce. But I say that a man who divorces his wife unless she has been unfaithful causes her to commit adultery. And anyone who marries a divorced woman also commits adultery. Wow. Okay, so there's a lot there, but we're going to unpack just a little bit of it and save the rest for later. So what do I want to unpack? Well, well, first of all, let's make this observation that, that Matthew, and especially the Sermon on the Mount, a lot of what Jesus is addressing is teaching that had been expanded from the original. And Jesus is trying to bring it back um, to make it so that it's understood in the context of what God is saying. So, for instance, we see earlier in Matthew where he talks about, you know, committing adultery. And he says, even if you look at a woman, you've committed adultery. Well, the explanation would have been the act, uh, the actual act is when you commit adultery. And, and, and God is saying, Jesus is saying, no, 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 you've lost your way in this. And in some ways, that is what has taken place here as well. Because it's, it, it says in here that you've heard it said, a man can divorce his wife. A man can divorce his wife. Or a man can, can look for a certificate of divorce. And, and that had come about to, to a place where the teaching was that if she was unfaithful, and unfaithful meant that she was not faithful in her duties of being a wife, meaning that she didn't cook well, or she didn't do the laundry, or she didn't take care of the kids the way you thought, that it could be any mirror things if you could prove that, that she was unfaithful to what you thought she needed to be faithful to, you could seek a certificate and then you could divorce her. And Jesus is saying, no, there, there's actually a narrow window of what it looks like to divorce someone. And, and that's what he's trying to address here, is that very thing. And, and if we keep it broad, we cheapen the marriage vows. And, and we see that today in our society. It, it, it's very easy for us to get a divorce. And, and we give all kinds of reasons and excuses of why we're divorcing someone. You know, 
I've been doing this pastorate thing for 20 years, and I've listened to a lot of stories of people who they're, they're, they've had broken relationships and they've been divorced. And, and I don't want anybody to feel like I am judging at all. It, it's not that. I mean, this is reality, and reality is, is that there are relationships that come to an end, and it is hard, and, and, um, and, and it is not easy. And I want to say that if you've gone through that, I know, not by experience, but I know by my walking with people that these are very difficult decisions to make. They're not easy. It's not always black and white, and I just want to give that assurance. But I also want to say that, that you know, why is this narrowness seen in the Bible? Well, first is this, is that because God knows that broken relationships hurt people. And he doesn't want us to have broken relationships. He wants us to succeed in our marriages, in our relationships with our children, and our family, and our friends, and our coworkers. He knows, and if you've ever walked through a divorce, if you've ever been in, in that situation as a child, or uh, you as a spouse, or as a, a parent of a child, you know how hard it is. You know the heartache. You know the brokenness that comes. And God does too. And God wants us to be walking in good relationships, healthy relationships. The other part is, is that marriage is an example of the relationship that Jesus has with the church. Jesus is the bridegroom. The church is the bride. And it is an eternal relationship. He's not going to divorce the church, and the church is not going to divorce Christ. It is an eternal relationship. And so anytime God uses an earthly example to express his character and his relationship with us, there isn't a lot of wiggle room in that because he wants it to be maintained that we understand this relationship that we have with him. So that's kind of a little bit of the understanding of what Jesus is saying. Again, we'll dive into more questions that I'm sure you have, but I want to finish off the remainder of our time talking about this, and that is what can make a good, healthy, strong marriage? If we focused on that, not about, well, how do you get out of a marriage, but how do you stay in a marriage I think that's a great place for us to end this morning. You know, Rain and I have been married for 32 years. We don't have a perfect marriage. We have had our very difficult times, our dark times, and we've had some really good times. I would say to you that for Raina and I, we are students of marriage. We're not, we're not professors. Um, we're not scholars. We're simply students of marriage. We're still learning. We're still growing. We're still trying to to see our marriage better tomorrow than it was today. And it's really of what we do today. So as I say that, I, I want to tell you that as I share this, I'm not coming as an expert. I'm just coming as one who is a student like you in marriage. I would encourage you to read books that are out there on marriage. I would encourage you to listen to podcasts and uh, on marriages. They've got some great speakers out there. I would encourage you to go to a marriage conference um, also, very good for your marriage. Many things that you can do and pursue. Counseling. Seek counseling out to better your marriage. Uh, but I want to give you these four things that I believe that will help you create a good, 
stronger marriage. Number one, number one is this, pursue God. I would encourage you to pursue God. Have him number one. When he is number one, uh, everything changes. I now am able to look at my wife through, through the eyes of Christ. I'm now able to look and see her the way that God created her. And he is the one who knows her. He is the one that will lead me into how to love and to serve and to forgive my wife. When I place him at the head of my life, at the beginning of my, all my relationships, I am now able to have a stronger marriage. And likewise, when Raina does it, our marriage is stronger. When I begin to fail at this, when I begin to put other things as a priority other than Christ, my marriage begins to suffer. So that is the number one thing. Number two is this, serve. Serve. Jesus himself said, I did not come to be served, but I came to serve. When we serve our spouses, we are actually looking at this. We're actually, we're here to ask this question. What can I do? How can I serve my wife? This is my question I ask myself. How can I serve my wife so that she can have a greater relationship with God? What can I do for her? It might be, it might be doing uh, the dishes or cooking a meal. For me, that's what maybe I would do for her. Or it would be helping her in the garden because she loves gardening or spending time with her just talking on the couch. Uh, what do I need to do to serve my wife so that she can have a better relationship with the Lord? Third thing is, we must or I must choose to love her. You know, love is a choice. Again, we read in scripture that, that Jesus first chose us before we chose him. He first chose to love us before we chose to love him. That's really great love. When I choose to love my wife, when, well, sometimes it's hard. And she chooses to love with me sometimes when it's hard. Maybe, maybe more than sometimes. Our love deepens. You know, 32 years ago, we got married. It's, it was fantastic. It was great. It was wonderful. But I'll tell you the love that we have now, I, I don't want to go back to it. I want to say I love the love we have now. It is richer. It is deeper. And you know where it comes from? It comes from all these little choices and sometimes big choices to love, to choosing to love when it was hard. You know, romantic love is good. The candlelight dinners is good. The walk on the beaches is good. The special moments that you share uh, are great. But they're so much greater when, they, when they're in the backdrop or the backdrop is, is, is a choice of love for one another. And here's my last one. The last one is forgive. Forgive. Again, Paul says this, True love keeps no records of wrong. When I choose to forgive, I deal with the issues. We deal with them, we talk about them, but I choose to not hold them against her. I'm not keeping these records. Yeah, well, she did this back then, and she did that back then. And if she hadn't done this, I wouldn't have done this. That's not forgiveness. Forgiveness is being able to lay it down before the Lord and to trust that we will make changes. These four things. I think, help for us to have good marriages. Can I encourage you this, that if you are struggling in your marriage, don't wait. Go and get help. Go and seek help. The sad part I have seen is I have sat with people who have struggled for months or years in their marriage, and they come to me, and it's almost at a, 
and it's hanging on by a thread and they, they want help and, and, and we'll do everything we can to help them. But it would have been so much easier if way back when, when it, they knew if things weren't going right that they got help. So much easier. So if you today are listening to this and going, you know, I know my marriage could be more, then come and seek help. Seek help. Well, I hope this has helped you in some way. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, today, as I prepared for this, I did not want this to be something that that people would feel that I was judging anyone. Lord, you know the heart. But God, help us to find ourselves desiring to have healthy, good, and strong marriages that are founded as you as a center point. Lord, you are the one who sustains us in everything and all things. Lead and guide us in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.